The whole Liam Kumar Day effect. Not really happened. Nigel couldn't make it. Yeah. I've ran out men and all he said he could make no, it. No, don't yeah. dig this hole. Phil, credit to the guy, he's always managed to do well yeah. what he has, but he is a shocking person on that. You guys got a trophy? No. It so was, was pre-vid. My life from Rashad Mendes was all I'm a tank jack! I'm a fucking tank! You are a tank for forever and always, and hello and welcome to another episode of the LOC Report, and we'll see where that tank does feature, as obviously the, the tank is still on an LOC team, uh, in, in, a, in a role of some degree, let's not forget, but before we talk all about the ruminations of that, uh, we have the co-host here for probably, potentially, maybe not, we'll see, uh, but either the final or the penultimate op episode, uh, how are you feeling Chris? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it's the penultimate episode. We'll get one more. I will, right, be, yeah. around, I will <laughs> be around next week. The week after that, however, no guarantees in there. But um, yeah, by and large, all very good. I, I come to you from, from well, a different room in the house. Again, <laughs> so, uh, That's fine, mix it so, up. Yes, yeah, mix it up. Let's see. Hopefully, it'll be a, be a bit, um, bit more comfortable, perhaps. So yeah, you get to come join me on my sofa. Exactly. While we talk about the games. So. So yes, thankfully this week I mean, you know, at least we, we can we can hopefully focus on uh, a few more of next week's games today. Um, Say so we're going to get to the point. I think we're going to look back on next last week. I'm going to have a lot of not a lot be, to, to tell you. <laughs> um, just having a having a little skim through because a lot of them simply are no relevance. Yeah. But um, but those which do have relevance, I shall, I shall aim to have some. Uh, some good insights for you this week. So definitely, yeah. oh, you're all, you always come well prepared with all that, Chris. And yeah, look at you, lucky viewers. It's uh, it's a rarity. Chris is not in the playoffs because we already know that, that was pretty much no attention making. In a different room, you get to join him on his sofa. We're gonna get a, a bit for a different. What, what, what more could you want than uh, than no playoff, Chris? I mean, <laughs> this, this is relax me. I mean, yes, yeah, I I very much enjoyed. Well, I say I think very much enjoyed being the playoffs. It's there's there is a element of me which, which thinks to myself well it'd be quite nice to be in the playoffs but it is quite stressful and yeah. you know so I'm going to that's it take the comfy seat this year you know I'm going to sit back in my comfy chair as the late great Bob Ross would say <laughs> and sit here and um, and yeah that's it we're going to paint a picture for you albeit it'd be the fantasy picture rather than anything actually. No, the are particularly art and crafty, so we leave our skills to the <laughs> fantasy realm. Um, and whatever you may lack in uh, recapping the games, and that is more the, 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 the games you are provided with as opposed to your, what you bring to the table, Chris. I have more than made up for. I did tease we have a bumper milestone stats and uh, standings, uh, yes. standing stats and milestone section, So, and I will screenshot that and put it in, in the chat. Uh, for anyone that doesn't want to watch the pod, because there's lots of interesting stuff in there. Uh, but we'll get to that all in due course, because of course, Chris, we have a whole slate of games to recap, uh, and obviously the ruminations of which for the playoffs uh, beyond that. So should we get going with it? Let's. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Let's get started then with uh, the marquee matchup of week 14. Bucking the trend and Ixan took on each other in the marquee matchup of week 14. It was the tussle for the Southampton Divisional title. Both these teams coming in uh, with the 10 and 3 record. One would uh, reign supreme and take not only the division but the number one overall seed with it and a bye in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and despite Ixan losing two 
of their three games recently, uh, you know, in the last few weeks. Uh, they got the win in this one, a big win over Viking the Trend, 120 to 70 points uh, to lock up that first round by win the division and the regular season championship. Uh, meanwhile, Viking the Trend obviously fall to 10 and 4, and they will go to the wildcard bowl as the traditional wildcard. As entering last week, they were guaranteed of at least that. Uh, looking down the lineups for Ixan, so Patrick Mahomes, he got 26 points, Tyler Lockett got 12. Uh, James Conner got 17, Christian McCaffrey exploding for 27, uh, Deba Samuel despite getting injured during the game got 10 points, Justin Tucker with 11 and the Ravens D with 12 uh, as well, so really a team effort other than Amari Cooper there, who were the only player to be under 10 points, on route to that 120. On the other side of the board for Bucking the Trench, didn't quite come off uh, on the day unfortunately for him, Tua got 15 points in the game he struggled in uh, in LA. Uh, and Josh Jacobs got 17 and Brett Mayer got 11. Those are the only other players to go over 10. So yeah, not, not what you want entering the playoffs, but at least they already have the playoff spot secured. Uh, the history of this matchup all time, uh, bucking the trend are now 1-5 and five against Ixan. So yeah, that was on the cards in terms of the history. Uh, and uh, we both picked bucking the trend uh, to win this one, Chris. So we're starting off the week on the wrong foot. <laughs> yeah, very much so. No, Mike got absolutely kicked into touch last week. I mean, 50-point swing. Um, as you said in, in last week's pod, yes, he was absolutely uh, the form team coming into this mm -hmm. game. Um, and, you know, with a bedrock of, of guys like Keenan Allen and St. Brown and... Uh, and Josh Jacobs uh, in more recent times, but yeah, and, and two are more, more to the point. But yes, didn't quite happen for uh, for the Dolphins this week. Um, yes, it, it certainly didn't didn't happen for for some Brown and Swift, despite mm. a, a re really good offensive showing from the Lions mm -hmm. and the Chargers. Um, they did pretty good too. The Chargers did well, yes, yeah, but I mean, we we expected to see. Um, this game uh, between uh, Detroit and Minnesota mm -hmm. be the game to kind of uh, propel him on a little bit. That wasn't the case. No. And then the Bucks D, who we uh, did tip as well, uh, yes, got Brock Purdy. And before we get any feedback from Mike of saying you told me to play them over the Steelers, well, they only got five points as well, so we'll be having none of that. <laughs> none of that. Absolutely none. So all round, just a, just a, a pretty pretty tepid performance there from Bucking the Tread. Just lacking in touchdowns, just lacking in pop, which we haven't seen mm -hmm. um, in recent times from them. But this is what we did see mid-season, and maybe that's the worry going into the playoffs is is that this this team has got that kind of kind of week in it. Mm -hmm. Whilst with Ben's team against all the odds, um, you know we wrote Mahomes off against Denver. Well, we shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, we wrote McCaffrey off. We wrote Connor off. You know, all these guys, you know, are fantasy heroes. Really, I mean, you look at McCaffrey and and, uh, and Mahomes particularly. Whilst whilst having a, you know, obviously a very good outing from James Connor, and that will continue, I think, because mm -hmm. the offense will go through him with Kyler Murray getting injured, which we'll come to later. Um, Say, so, Tyler Lockett, good performance in in this game. Uh, Amari Cooper has had better games and I think we'll have better games once uh, Deshaun Watson finally gets himself going only when he plays uh, at home though <laughs> well yeah I don't know why uh, it's a thing there was a thing a few years ago with another player or something I can't remember who it was but uh, really bizarre home road split that Cooper is absolutely fire at home but then yeah for whatever reason goes on the road and sucks <laughs> must be Deshaun's ankle tag weighing him down <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
and, uh, and yeah, and, and, a, and a typical performance there from the uh, the special teams and kickers. So uh, a very underrated part of Ben's team, you know, yeah. so when you can almost guarantee yourself uh, twenty five points uh, a week from your uh, your defense and your kicker, mm-hmm. which in whichever order it might be, uh, that always propels you along nicely. So yeah, it's a very very strong, dare I say. Um, Getting the stall out performance there from uh, from Ixan, um with uh, with 120 points and yeah if this is a sign of things to come then there should be a lot of people um, yeah being being very worried about what this team's capable of because we know its floor is very very high. Yep, yep. It's obviously been a steady team all season long. We've talked about lacking the ceiling and that they showed off a little bit the ceiling here, like you say. Um, as with any of the teams that had a bye this week, obviously that you know you're just hoping to get through it without any injuries to your players. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. But um, we mentioned Debo, which happened in this week, and there will be another we talked about in the news section, which happened uh, on the the Thursday night game last night. Uh, but like you say, he's he's won the regular championship, eleven three record. Uh, yeah, so onto the playoffs he goes, and obviously you know you take one or two players out of that, and he's still got a pretty get- good team surrounding that. As you say, for Mike, you know has been the team reform late. Absolutely, has a, has a bit of a hiccup here. Previously, that's been where he's obviously had a lot of injuries to contend with. Uh, pretty much at full health at this point. So quite, as you say, quite surprising. But um, they'll be trying to get over the hump of that uh, quickly when they play in the wild card bowl. Uh, we will find out who uh, he will play in the wild card bowl. Uh, uh, not straight after this one because uh, it is dependent uh, a bit on another result, but we'll see what happened between the Dream Team and the Detonators. The Detonators was another team uh, pretty pretty locked into a playoff spot as well, but it wasn't signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, either winning the division, which would uh, mean outscoring Gridiron Gang, uh, or, or Gridiron Gang losing and then winning, uh, would get them a playoff berth. Likewise, if, if that didn't happen, um, they would just need to outscore the next closest, which was about 60 points behind them. Um, so they did lose this one, so we'll have to see what happened in the Gridiron Gang to, Gridiron Gang game to see if they hold on to the division. But uh, with 81 points on the board, despite losing to the Dream Team 100 to 112, um, looking pretty good for the playoffs in some shape or form. Uh, but yeah, they dropped one, f- dropping but then they stay eight and six. And meanwhile, the Dream Team uh, on a four-game win streak to finish the season, absolutely dragging themselves, kicking and screaming back to a 500 record with seven and seven. Uh, looking down the lineups for the Dream Team, Joe Burrow got 21 points, Jamar Chase got 19, Tony Pollard got 18, Jerry Judy got 25 in the absence of Colton Sutton, Harrison Butler got 11, and the Bills got 14 as well. So good day at the office for them. And much like Mike uh, would have been hoping for a slightly better day. Uh, but obviously, they, they were at the distant second in terms of points in this one. But that is Gino Smith got them 27, though. Derek Henry got 18, and Daniel Carlson got them 12. So again, uh, they'll be looking to dust themselves off uh, for the playoffs ahead, should they have made it. Uh, the history of this matchup all time. Uh, but Adenators are now 7-12 and 12 all time against the Dream Team. And once again, Chris, we both picked Adenators for this one. So we were both wrong. We did. That's it. And we, uh, we have to say... We didn't see a Jerry Judy performance like that coming out of no. nowhere. Uh, that is for certain. <laughs> and we certainly didn't expect neither C.D. Lamb or Hopkins to break uh, yeah, to break into double digits. Yeah, that's that was a yeah. surprise for Ollie. Weird week. I mean, you know, I said Dallas just looked like they were all over the place for much of that game. I think um, I did caution in the preview that I I, I didn't. You know, it was a kind of, this is what could happen, where for whatever reason, Houston have really suppressed quarterback and receiver points this year. And largely it's because they've been losing a lot. So obviously they're just being run on the whole time. Um, this game was competitive. 
CD Lamb still didn't do anything, so maybe they are just good at taking out the pass game. And Hopkins, I've kind of said that oh he'll probably get erased by Bill Belichick because we all know that's what the Patriots like to do take away the top weapon I did not I would not have bet that both of those eventualities would come to pass but that's pretty much what happened <laughs> yeah I think if, I, I also think if, if Hopkins had a callback that was the number one QB past the first that's a, yeah that's a, well I don't know uh, I would contend Colt McCoy's not been not much of a downgrade <laughs> certainly not in the passing yeah. game at least to Kyler Murray so far this year. perhaps perhaps but I don't know it's a, he's certainly a target monster when Kyler's on the field yeah but yeah, it's it's a bad day all around for all. I think a lot of the time you you look at that Cowboys D, when you think you would have thought we'd have a better day. That was a strange Obviously one. Yeah, didn't Travis Etienne in a blowout win? You think that'd be a um, be a beneficiary of that? Obviously not the case. Foreman in a win, not the case. Derrick Henry went for big points. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, so not as big as we've seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so a lot. I think there's a lot that Ollie's team there has left on the field. Um, and going forward, we'll we'll see a completely different uh, different kind of lineup. And you look at that, you know, on the bench, you know, Chuba Hubbard's there scoring 15 points. You'd expect again, uh, you know, those points to be going more form as well. Certainly have been more recent more recent times. But what, one thing I do want to talk about with Ollie's team is that yeah, look at Jameson Williams down there. Yes, he's had two targets and he's he scored 10 points. Well, you think that that was the first game he's back after injury they think of him really highly mm. Those that, that receiving core in Detroit is going to be interesting when you consider that you've got some Brown him and DJ Sharp um, plus a running plus a proper run game if they can make a uh, a bit of a break for it in the next few weeks then uh, then I think that could be a really high powered offence so good for all fantasy players everywhere but let's talk about Viv's team because talk about we are talking about high powered offences here and that is what Viv has um, across the board may I add um, yeah, so yes, Joe Burrow's had a bit of a average day, but you know you can't argue with Chase's points, you can't argue with Pollard's points, and you certainly can't argue with Jerry Judy. That, that kind of performance has been um, been waiting all year to break out, and in, uh, I think next season we'll see him as the click at number one in, mm-hmm. uh, in Denver uh, with whichever head coach it is comes in to replace Nate Hackett. Um, so you know you see that a bit more, a bit more. Um, uh, con- consistently next year yeah DJ Moore had a, uh, a down week but again injury can't help it um, but with performance like that you, you don't need it and yeah 25 points again from the uh, from the kicker and D really good uh, we go to the bench I say and there's still a lot there you know so he's got Gus Edwards he's got Bam Knight he's got uh, he's got Mike Williams there so he could he could have come in and uh, I think it, job no problem if it wasn't um, for uh, that game being was that, I think that was the Sunday night game um, I probably yeah. would be playing him over um, DJ Moore I would think Moore, just given sure. that it yeah, was yeah. Uh, given that it was uh, he was questionable coming into it he probably just played it safe but as you say he didn't need him anyway so it was it, a curious exactly, decision exactly. to bench uh, Bam Zonovan Knight for me um, I, I know, yep. you know, the game, it, on paper against Buffalo doesn't look great, but he'd been so good, and all of the talk going into the game was he's still going to play ahead of Michael Carter, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so it was an odd decision. Yep. But again, and, and he's got Jake Edwards. I don't fault him for, for not playing him there um, because obviously first game back, but I, I didn't exactly. need it anyway. So <laughs> exactly that. It's a you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a decent end, end for Viv. He's been a bit up and down all year. It's a nice way to win with 111 points. Though yeah. I mean, in theory, he should have been this should have been knocked off the board because you know he's put someone in his reserve spot that's the scoring points. So the the rule we have with the reserve spot is COVID, last year with COVID was a little different because obviously players would can't go on that and come off it fairly quickly given the nature of it. 
with the reserve spot now just being limited to the guys that have that designation, the, the way we play it is because you, if, if a player is on that spot that does not have that designation, the site will prevent you from making any other ad drops until you resolve that, basically. So the way we've always looked at that is that you're, you've, you're taking the disadvantage by keeping the guy on there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. very easily, you're very easily played him, but it's like, oh yeah, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, let's have a bit of roster management, people. It doesn't matter <laughs> at the end of the season, and it wouldn't have made a big difference in the uh, in the run anyway. But come on, let's be having a look at you. But yeah, good, a, a real solid end of the year for Viv. Yeah. Um, and yeah, inconsistent, not inconsistent necessarily, but I think it's it's good for Ollie to have his down week in this week. Well, and I think uh, we'll we'll pivot quickly to Ollie's scores because I distinctly remember in one of the milestones, standing stats and milestone sections, uh, where I read out the, the the ones that just appear on the site. I think one of them said that Ollie's points had uh, uh, decreased week by week, four straight weeks in a row, and I would say that maybe got broken slightly, but that obviously when you score 80, that's not really reversing the trend much, so if we take a look down here, um, yeah, so from week 10 to week 12, the points declined, in fact, so sorry, from week 8 on to week 12, the points declined week on week every single week. Uh, came back up in the game against Dixon um, that he won uh, in week 13, but then obviously dropped down there again uh, back in week 14. So yeah, it's been a bit of a spotty last few weeks, you would say. Certainly not showing that ceiling that we saw from Bedetonators um, really in, in their comeback attempt after obviously the slow start that they had. So um, much like Mike's team, it's you know we know it's they've got it in them, but um, to have the good week, but we also know this is in them as well. Yes, exactly that, and so I think through some of the players that they are starting uh, they have done obviously very well to get there but um, but yeah it's not uh, not a given every week but then again you mustn't forget you know, Justin Fields has been a real bedrock of that team since he's come in yeah uh, and Chris Lowry has been a real contributor yeah. as well so yeah both by. Yeah. by so yeah. Um, so yeah I think better better weeks ahead absolutely um, they're going to have to be for Ollie. Yeah, yep, yeah. and uh, no spoiler, he, he was pretty likely to make the playoffs. It's, it's dependent on what happened elsewhere, but uh, we'll come back to all that in a bit. Uh, we'll move quickly on to and probably past our next game, which did not have any playoff permutations. Next up for week 14, we had the the uh, Winchester Bowl. Uh, in more ways than one, as uh, Tom's Tyrants and your Gold did share the Winchester division as well as sharing it as a large portion of their childhood. Uh, both of these team seasons were over. They did not have a chance at the division or the points for the wildcard or the traditional wildcard, obviously, with their records. Uh, entering this one, your Gold was 4 and 9, meanwhile, Tom's Tyrants was 3 and 10. Uh, so the bragging rights for the offseason go to Tom's Tyrants as they win this one 82 to 66. Uh, snapping their losing streak while extending you are gold's fall from grace to four he did have a shot at the in fact he was leading the division as much as like, you know a few weeks ago but obviously slipped through his fingers quite quickly uh for tom's Terrence, brady only got them 12 but uh brandon oak stepped up with 12 as well miles sanders erupted for 28 and nick folk with 11 on route to that 82 but really it was you are gold's a uh, bit of a whimpering display there uh, 32 points from jared goff was the highlight and nearly half of the team scored tyler boyd uh, did injure himself in the game, so he finished with zero. Michael Carter, as we said, did play, but phoned into the back seat uh, and ended up with zero points as well. The Jets did got 12, the only other player that over the 10-point mark. So definitely a day, day to forget for UR Gold there. Um, the history of this matchup all-time, uh, UR Gold is now 5-6 and all-time. So yeah, definitely bragging rights into Thomas Tarrant's corner as they take the lead in the series now. 
Uh, and we also both picked you our goal to win this one, Chris. So we're a perfect 0 for 3 to start with. <laughs> we're doing well. Now, I, I, I will qualify this by saying that you are gold has carried two players. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah both, so, you know, I think there's a, 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 a per player score. We weren't sure, but, off, one, but only one of these was an injury, uh, an injury gimme. Yeah. The other one was complete. And, okay, he had no one on the bench to play either, but, um, you know. <laughs> there, there are other, other options are available. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally agree with you on that one. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to dwell on this one too much. Um, Jared Goss paper over the cracks massively for you on gold mm-hmm. this week. Congratulations to him. What a reversal finally, of his season, can we say? Indeed, you know, he went finally, from not. Yeah. <laughs> finally, he's picked the right quarterback in a week that he loses by a massive amount. Um, so you know, it's just completely unlucky. What's on the other side? You know, the real difference between the two teams here is the fact that uh, Miles Sanders has scored 27 and a half points as a skill player. Um, I think that combines for more than all of your gold skill position players. It does. Indeed. Yeah. So, there you are. Um, yeah, not a very good day for Brady and Evans at the top, which we said last week was going to be the catalyst to, to win. And turns out that it was Mark Sanders all along. And he turns out to be the number eight running back in all of fantasy yeah, who football. Who saw that coming? He's down scoring. <laughs> I didn't. That's it. And he's had more 25-plus point, point games this season than Derek Henry, I think. So, and Jonathan Taylor, and Alvin Kamara, and loads of them have been... I think there was some ridiculous stat that he scored more than 25 points than most of the first-round picks that we've got in our league. So, mm-hmm. yes, congratulations to Miles Sanders, the comeback player of the year <laughs> in the LFC. Yes. And he's on such, a, such an absolute dog team. That's it. That's all you're getting, guys. Uh, <laughs> so I hope you had That's a good it. season. Yep. Um, we'll go into another game now, uh, which, again, didn't have any playoff permutations, but at least did feature a playoff team. The playoff-bound Winchester division-winning Palestine took on uh, Ross's team, Greers of War, here uh, in Week 14. Uh, Palestine was at 6-7, and seven, so I wanted to get to that 7-7 seven, seven mark to have a, at least a modicum of dignity with that division win. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Ross's team was just uh, fighting and clawing to avoid being last place, uh, sitting at 3-10 and 10 entering this one. Uh, Pat did win it, so Pat wins four games to close the season. You've got to rate that. With another decent score of 99 points to Ross is 65, and Ross does finish in last place, uh, then with a 3 and 11 record. Uh, looking down the lineups, Justin Herbert he got 20 points for Pakistan. Justin Jefferson he had another great day, all yardage, 223 of them for 22.3 points. Ezekiel he got 14 points. Devonta Smith got 12, and the Raiders D got 11 en route to that nearly 100 point day. So good outing there for Pat. And then on the other side of the board for Ross's team. Uh, again, 65, another low output. Once again, not getting the quarterback decision right with Dak Prescott getting 15 and Kirk Cousins getting 29 on the bench. DK Metcalf got 13 and the Patriots team massively shoring up things up because they got 21 points uh, after uh, Kyle Murray obviously left that game. Uh, but yeah, no other skill position over 10. It's definitely a day to forget there. Uh, the history of this matchup all-time now. Pakistan are... Uh, five and five, so they have leveled the series uh, for the, the, the rest of the season at least uh, against Ross's team. And we both picked Pat in this one, so we got on the board finally, Chris, and I did lock Pat in this one, so I got my lock as well. Uh, but yeah, Pat has uh, had a nice last month to the season, carrying that form at the exact right time, hopefully, into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that Pat's coming out swinging into the playoffs here. You know, 99 points, really good total this year. We know how, how much scoring is down. But he's also got some really, really, really interesting weapons in there. So you look at 
a guy like Justin Jefferson who is giving him output every single game that he's played on give or take that's it Zeke you know what he's going to get Devonte Smith come out of nowhere in the last like three or four weeks it's, it's, it's proven good mm-hmm. there's a few guys on the bench obviously as well he's picked up uh, Cook's an interesting one especially this weekend we'll talk about that later um, which doesn't which doesn't really need to this week but you know that's it for those who are playing Buffalo players um, <laughs> that's it Cordero Patterson as well is still there as well so yeah there's, he's still got yeah. damage that he can inflict on people and uh, and finally Justin Herbert is is scoring consistent points at long last this season which I think is helping no end mm-hmm. can I just say commendable bold play of the week playing the Raiders D no one plays the Raiders oh, D yeah. this year playing the Raiders D 11 points good for him that's, uh, that's what we like to see. Would have been even better if not for the bizarre Raiders collapse at the end of that game as well. So. Uh, agreed. <laughs> agreed. That's it. But this is the Raiders, and they are a bizarre franchise, and they've been losing for 30 years. So, meh. Meh. Just lose, baby. They should put that next to the flame they've got. The Al Davis Memorial Flame, and we've been losing for 35 years. And well, it's fitting. Dark. Everyone goes to Vegas to lose their money, so because the house always wins. So <laughs> they're, they're just taking solidarity. That's the, that's the only house where the, uh, where the house always loses. <laughs> yes. Anyway, talking about losers, Ross, yeah, bottom of the league, papered over the cracks with the Patriots D uh, against the backup QB. Good old Colt McCoy. Um, yeah, what's good to say, really? Uh, DK Metcalf scored 13 points. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins in prime time. Well, not prime time. But anyway, Kirk Cousins put up some big points against yep. Detroit, which was going to happen. Uh, and we all knew it was going to happen. And he could have had an extra 15 points, but, but cho- chose not to, which is very sporting. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, better next year, Ross. Hopefully, your draft drafts you a better team. Yeah, yeah, it's been a year to forget. Injuries haven't been kind either, but uh, as we've said before, he had no, some positive no. regression in previous seasons, which he's very much paying for now. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, and that was the Goose Bowl, by the way. Uh, so Pat takes the Goose Bowl there. Uh, we'll go on to the next game then, uh, which again did have playoff implications as Gridiron Gang took on Forge Flyers. And the final pod bowl of the 2022 season took place here in week 14, featuring Gridiron Gang uh, looking to sew up a playoff spot, and Forge Flyers, who are just trying to snap a five-game losing streak and get back to 7-7 as they entered this one 6-7. Gridiron Gang, with the Bidetonator's loss, only needed to outscore them by 36 points to guarantee uh, the division, um, but uh, a win would do it as well. And a win they did get. It wasn't a great day, 87 points uh, to Forge Flyers, 46 points, but it got the job done. So Gridiron Gang does take uh, the Portsmouth division. They get the first round by sending the Bidetonators to the Wildcard Bowl by way of points forward, providing Nabolitans or Bear Necessities didn't outscore them by a crazy amount. But uh, we'll come back to that in a second. Back to this one then for Gridiron Gang. Josh Allen, he got 23 points. Adam Thielen got 13 in a spot start. Joe Mixon got 11. Donovan Peoples-Jones got 11. And the Eagles D got 10. So an okay 87 points. I believe it would have been good enough to beat seven teams in the league that week, uh, in the given week. So not, not the worst score around, but it's not the best. Uh, but yeah, Ford Flyers on the other side, 46 points a day to forget. But uh, understandable when you have 
Your quarterback leave the game with injury pretty much on the first drive. Uh, Calamari only getting less than a point there. Uh, and Corey Davis also got a concussion on the day as well. He only got 1.5. Did your chart got 15, so that was a great stream. And Michael Badger, the only other player of the team, with 12 points. So, uh, yeah, Chris, uh, unfortunately, you didn't get the 7-7, but obviously you'll be happy this season as well. We've got the history of this matchup now. It was a perfect 11-11 on either side. Um, and uh, we had opposite picks in this one, Chris. You, you picked my team, I picked your team. And you know what? Entering the Monday night game, I was still fearful that you would win this one because you had Kyler Murray and the Cardinals D against uh, what we know is not a very good Patriots uh, Matt Patricia-guided offence. And you only mm-hmm. had a, what would it have been, a 42-point uh, deficit or something like it was. So, yeah, I was quite concerned that uh, you might come back and win this one. But, yeah, fate intervened as it would happen. Yeah, fate said intervene there. Yes, it's Calamari's ACL struck down in the first play. It was a weird injury as well. Um, like watching it live, like uh, it didn't look like there was no like sharp, sudden like pop or slide. He was just running and went down, and that was it. Yeah, I, it's 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 highly unusual. It's highly unusual. Uh, I have to say, it's been a, a really disappointing end to the year for my team um, for um, for a variety of reasons, I think, but mainly because. Simply the the form that certain players showed yeah. in the first eight weeks of the season just disappeared in the last eight. You last you, you entered it would have been would it have been week eight or week nine? You entered week eight or week nine, sporting a six and two record. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, as you know, little did we know at the time, no one saw it coming. A six game slide because, as you say, your team was shaping up quite nicely, and then it just seemed to melt away. Yeah, well, that's right. Exactly that. So just at the wrong time. Chubb stopped scoring, Camara stopped scoring, mm-hmm. Waddle stopped scoring, and after that, it's, you haven't really got. And Murray was the only really consistent scorer, and even then, he was out for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. You'd have to try and get by. So, yeah, d- d- difficult, difficult to say the least. Um, so, yeah, it, it, that that's, um, uh, that six and eight record does not flatter this team by any means. It is. Um, uh, is absolutely where it should be. I've, I've got some clear. stats for you in a bit that you'll like. Well, you, you won't like it, but um, <laughs> it will exemplify some things. But yes, continue. <laughs> it will be the lowest score in seven week span across the. I haven't gone that deep, deep, but um, <laughs> it, it's a good start. Sure. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, I, I like stats. Anyway, but for your team, it's a, it's a solid foundation in which to build. You, you started uh, DPJ, which is a good stream. Um, you started Thielen, which was a good stream as well, mm-hmm. unfortunately for me. Um, and everyone else is obviously on uh, either by again or, uh, yeah. or or injured. So yeah, I, overall, you know, once you get you get once you get you guys back, uh, then uh, then we'll see. You know, Brian Roberts has been pretty good for you, but aside from that, uh, Kenneth Walker, the lack of Kenneth Walker through yeah. um, the rest of the season, perhaps. Could be a challenge. Right, he p- he played good. last night, so we're all good there. Well, and Tony Jones right. was inactive. There are only two running backs active: him and Travis Homer. So that dude well, is a okay. That dude's good. Well, in that case, that's it. That's what we're looking at. So, um, yeah, look, it's when you any team that's got Josh Allen, Kelsey, Mixon, Kenneth Walker, McLaurin, even should we say that? Uh, the, the commanders look a little bit more resurgent. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even Adam Thielen, I mean Adam Thielen, he was a, a genuine starter over the last few years. And I think in a matchup, a good matchup, he'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. Uh, now you've got him. So yeah, I mean, just looking forward. Uh, you playing? He's playing the Colts this week, obviously on the, the week that you're not playing. But you know, 
the Giants to see that's a reasonable game for them at home. I hate to break so. it to you, Chris. I have since cut Adam Thielen. No! <laughs> No. He's out there if you want to pick him up. <laughs> For you. Well, look, somebody's in the playoffs. I mean, I, I, I think you could do an awful lot worse, Adam Thielen, if you're a team out there that's in the playoffs. He, he, he's you. on, he's on the list. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. So, some other playoff teams. Well, For me, he's on the list, Ollie, but yeah. Ollie Michael Pat, look at you, man. <laughs> um, or even Ben, because he's got no players now because they keep getting injured. That's true. Um, so yeah, look, look at that guy. Anyway. We, we 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 digress. That's it. It's a it's a solid solid, if not spectacular, win for you. And you're going to need a few more points than that to beat some of those playoff teams. That's for yeah, sure. Definitely, no, I completely agree there. Uh, so we'll go on to the last game then, uh, which yeah did could, did have potential playoff implications. Obviously, with Gridiron Gang <laughs> winning the division, yeah. I wrote it off. Yeah, no, yeah, but if they if either of these teams were to have outscored Bedetnes by, I think it would have had to have been the closest would have been about sixty or seventy points. Then they would have stolen the points forward uh, uh, playoff spot from them. But uh, let's see what happened between the Bottoms and Ben Necessities. Yeah, it was the Dave Bolt here uh, in week 14. And uh, these teams didn't have to worry about winning at this point of the season. They just had to rack up the points for a chance to get that point forward wildcard spot. And unfortunately, neither of these teams got the requisite amount of points needed to do so. Ben Assistis does take the Dave Ball though, uh, 91-77 to and moves to a 9-5 record as a result, dropping the Poltons 2-6-8. Uh, looking at Ben Assistis, I have Daniel Jones, the stream against the Eagles D. That was a bold, bold move, but it did pay off with the 21 points there. Uh, AJ Brown got 13, Austin Eckler got 16, uh, Damian Pierce got 12, and the 49ers D got 12 as well on the route for that. Team effort, 91. On the other side of the board for Napolitans, 77 points, not the best day at the office. Uh, T Higgins did get a hamstring injury in the warm-up and put up a big fat zero as a result though uh jen hurts he got 34 tari kill got 20 Najee harris got 11 and uh yeah no other players over uh 10 points there titans d also putting up a goose egg against the jags who saw that coming uh yeah so a day to forget for first uh the Polans. if it not for the t higgins injury and perhaps the titans having a bad day they maybe could have won this one but that's how it goes sometimes the history of this matchup all time ben necessities are now two and one against the dave balls so they have the dave breaking rights well, they're the best day of the LOC, we can say, for the rest of this uh, year, at least. And uh, we both picked Napoleons in this one as well, Chris. So outside of Pat's game, and uh, you got uh, you picked me, obviously, uh, we both sucked at the pick this week. <laughs> we, we were awful. I mean, it was a weird week. It was a weird morning, week. Yeah, definitely. It was a bizarre one. But anyway, there you are. Um, yeah, I, I completely wrote this game off last week because I thought it was entirely irrelevant because this, neither one of these teams... We're going to outscore Bedetnes by 60, 60 or 65 points or whatever it was. Um, and I'm glad I was vindicated because, yeah, it's just a <laughs> middle-of-the-road game. Yeah. Uh, Napolitans <laughs> really just yeah, hitch their uh, hitch their mast, uh, or hitch their wagon, rather, mm -hmm. uh, and flew their mast on Jalen Hurts <laughs> and Tyreek Hill this week. Um, yeah, the G. Harris chipped in, um, but other than that, yeah, carrying two players was going to make it tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so especially with Stevenson yes. leaving the game injured as well. He only and got the one point here. Yep, exactly that. So you know, that's, uh, that's it, Stevenson's been a real, uh, real juggernaut for that team this year. So mm -hmm. uh, to see him go down uh, is challenging. Yes, for your D to score nothing, and um, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who was completely derided in the uh, the fantasy expert circles this week. Which is why we don't really rate fantasy experts, or indeed the NFL.com fantasy experts, because they're all cack these days. Yeah. 
they are. They really are. That's oh yeah, I don't even know who half the people are now. They pop up on the app, and I'm like, they have the videos. I'm like, who the hell is this dude? Like, <laughs> yeah, Michael F. Florio is not the man. That's it. He's he's nah. That's it. He's no Adam Rank, man. He seems to have disappeared. <laughs> yeah, what's that about? I, Rank was always he, he he had some pretty bad takes, but he was at least. Seemed like a good dude. He was entertaining, um, and you know he, he at least knew some stuff about fantasy. But like you say, yeah, Marcus Grant's okay as well. But beyond that, it's it's a car crash. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just don't know. I always think just do you get get your own research, do your own stats. Yeah, that's it. And most importantly, watch the games. You learn way more about players from watching games than you ever do from reading whatever anyone mm-hmm. says about them. Because mm-hmm. the eye, you cannot beat the eye test in any sport. No matter what sport it is, there you go. Top tip of the day. Um, uh, talking about eye test, you know, Daniel Jones, man, he he always flatters to deceive. I mean, that twenty-one points there. That's it. On fantasy service, puts him at the QB. Was it QB? Well, it depends on what metric it is. But either the QB ten or QB thirteen for the year, which to me is absolutely yep. ridiculous. He's been fairly own- steady. He's not had a boom week, really, but he's been chipping in those, you know, around 20-point weeks consistently. You can see that. He's had, exactly, he had one 31-point yeah, week. but um, yeah. You can be an absolutely rancid quarterback in a rancid system. S- speaking of that, um, I, I just, uh, side note, I, I just happened to clock that Trevor Lawrence is, is like the QB. Yeah, and it, it's, a dis- exactly. it's a distant from, like, the top-tier QBs, but I was just, it struck me as, like, looking through it, like, damn, really? Like, Trevor Lawrence is QB6. Um, yeah, as a free agent, and you look through his scores, and you're like, "Oh yeah." To be fair, he had a few like bummer weeks, but then outside of that, he's been absolutely solid. Um, and it just goes to show that you know, unless you get one of these elite guys in the draft, and you've got a hit on the elite guys, because let me tell you, there's obviously some decent ones down here as well. Then uh, yeah, don't bother drafting a QB because <laughs> look, yeah. like the names like Gino, Trevor here, um, Justin Fields. He wasn't drafted either. Obviously, Jared Goff. Uh, so it's crazy the the QB. But yeah, he's QB six. Um, yeah. on the uh, Kirk well. Cousins tour was barely drafted didn't really want to be he was there so Jared yep. Goff wasn't I mean there's some crazy fancy fancy QBs in there um, and as someone who is exactly the same I said I went for Kyle Murray and thought he'd be dynamite mm-hmm. with his legs well I said he's a poor man Daniel Jones that's all I can say <sighs> so yeah but AJ Brown and Eckler and Damian Pierce have been really good for Dave this year it's a damn shame that um that he didn't get to the playoffs again, even though he created a rule specifically for a team like his to go and get to the playoffs, but ultimately has been beaten too many times, comes in fourth once again. Um, better luck next year. Yep. And yeah, I, I just don't get it. I mean, it, surely, surely he would have done better if Lamar Jackson had been fit for the last four weeks of the season. Sure. It could have been the difference, yeah. I don't know what his uh, QB scores were in the in the weeks um, when uh, Lamar Jackson missed. But yeah, like you said, although Jackson also, when he was playing, uh, wasn't exactly lighting up the scoreboard. So again, you look at the flip side of that, and maybe that's what kind of cost Ben Assessi as well, because they were a team that we can we can flash up the scores here because we're done um, with the the recaps. Uh, ben Assessi's are another one of these teams that started really hot out of the gate. Um, and yeah. then just massively, massively called off after week six, I think it was. Yeah, after week six, they only had, uh, let's see, they did, so they had three 100-point uh, performances after week six, but entering week six, they had already notched up four uh, out of six weeks of worth, so they, they did call off as it went down the stretch, and Lamar Jackson was a part of that, but as you say, yeah, dis- disappointing, and we'll come back to a fun stat that I found 
uh, when I was looking through things in a second. I will just tie off uh, the uh, Pickham's uh, scores then. So I'm 63 and 45 all time now, just uh, with that horrendous week. Chris, you were still in the black a fair bit with 52 and 31. You did not have a lock again last week. I forgot to make sure you did a lock, but uh, I got mine, so I'm now 11 and 8, and you are 9 and 4. We are only going to have one more lock week because um, we're not obviously not going to do it when there's only one game, but we have a game that features two, a week, sorry, that features two games, so we will have one more lock week, uh, but then that'll be it. But we're both guaranteed to be over 500 by. Uh, on that at least uh, for the yes. yeah for the rest of the season so uh, we will go on to now then the in the new section where as I say I've promised the much anticipated uh, many stats that I have uh, procured <laughs> But before we get to all of that, uh, we have the normal uh, league news to cover off. So firstly, we've got some key injuries. Um, Kyler Murray, um, of course, for you in the Constellation bracket, I suppose, Chris, uh, with the ACL injury. But I've included him here more widely because anytime you have a quarterback injury, that obviously does impact more players than uh, just the individual quarterback himself. So that could be potentially quite big uh, for Bedenladers as he has um, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, in the playoffs and potentially I suppose also Ixan um, it's hard to read if that would hinder or help James Conner be as him as well what do you make of that injury Chris? Yeah it's devastating for the uh, for the Cardinals I mean they haven't been right all year it's been clear um, but but yeah without um, without a surefire number one QB like Palomari he doesn't give you that buzz and they've they, they, he has you know, I know he's cost them some games this year but also uh, he's dug them out uh, in certain games as well, and there's no doubt that you can't beat that. Um, uh, you know that, that that X factor of a player, I suppose, to, to to put it that way. So yeah, it's 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 bad for all the skill positions except James Conner, who's going to get an awful lot more work. So good for Ben, I would say, at a time that he really needs it. Well, yeah, and that brings us nicely on to uh, the other two injuries that I pulled off here, which is Tyler Lockett. Uh, who has a broken bone in his hand from last night's game, and also Debo Samuel, who suffered a high ankle sprain, I think it was labelled as in the end, uh, in last week's game as well. That's quite big for him going into the playoffs. So obviously, he has the bye week, so it doesn't matter for this week, but those guys aren't going to be playing in next week, and p probably even the week after that, you would think, Chris. No, I don't think so, and um, I would be amazed if Ben didn't go out and spend the farm on George Kittle he had an unbelievable day yesterday <laughs> you know what though uh, a guy like that so he was on my list of rando ads and had I been playing this week I probably would have streamed him because Seattle suck against um, tight ends and obviously with Debo going out that opens up a bit more pass volume he is a bit fool's gold I feel like though because his scores mm -hmm. his scores this season have been terrible unless he has a good day yeah. like that he has been less than worthless it's fair to say, and it's not a high volume passing offense with Brock Purdy. I, I would say that it's not, but at the same time, is that when you lose a guy, the intermediate guy like Debo, yeah, you've still got McCaffrey in there. You might have Ayuk, you might have a bit of Juwan James. So what? Kittle's a well known, you know, consistent option that's been been there and done it for a QB that's that's going to get found out eventually. But until he does, <laughs> he's going to want to throw to those intermediate options and I think yeah. having a guy like that who can do it all and in the red zone as well is a uh, yeah he's a big asset for uh, for San Francisco that they haven't quite used this year but I think inconsistent QB play isn't helpful I mean you know and they've kept him um, in for the run game I think with uh, Trent Williams he's missed a fair amount of time that, that he's obviously you know the type of tight end he is he's, he's a really outstanding run blocker yeah. so um, they, they use him more in that part of the game as well than they have done in passing yes so, 
so yes if they can unleash that guy at the end of the year that could be a very very interesting one for George Kill but that's, that isn't a given that isn't a given but but um, but I do think that um, I do think there's some value on the waivers while it, even at oh, this yeah. very very late you stage. should have seen my uh, waiver queue this week I legitimately had about I think 12 players that I was trying to claim um, just in you know reverse order of you know who I actually wanted but there, there's definitely value uh, out there you're absolutely right or potential value, anyway, we should say. Yeah. Uh, and then leading us on to that is uh, just picked out the one transaction here for this week, uh, and it did feature Ben's team. Not not surprising, as you say, with those injuries. He did claim uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, dropping Tony Jones, and he did that for eighteen dollars. Jarek McKinnon's had a pretty good last couple of weeks uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, what do you make of that, ad, Chris? I trust no uh, Chiefs running back at all. Yeah. You, you you're getting a part of the pie with the potential of a good game, but that's such a spread offense um that you know you could never predict who's going to pipe up with the touchdowns in a given week but um you know here's a guy they have been leaning on more he's a guy that they clearly like but they want to keep healthy which is why they're starting to use him more maybe going into the playoffs over pacheco um but yeah like you say it's 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 not a guarantee but obviously at this point this season you take a guy that can get you potentially 20 points uh, over a lot of guys who will not get you <laughs> do, do not have that kind of potential uh, we'll go to the uh, standings, stats and milestones now so we'll start off the traditional bits before we get to the fun bits, uh, so yeah, rounding off the divisions then, so Ixan, after being bucking the trend, they do finish top of the division 11-3 and also top of the league with that record as well bucking the trend 10-4, so they have the traditional wildcard, Ben Assessi's there at 9-5, just missing out on the playoffs in both the wildcard, uh, the traditional one and the points forward one there uh, with Napoleon's finishing at 6-8 at the bottom, in the Pulse of Division, Gridiron Gang, they win the division at 9-5 over Bananas, who were just behind them at 8-6. They get the points forward wildcard, though, with their uh, 1,414 points, second highest in the league. No other team other than Gridiron Gang over 1,400 points. Uh, the Dream Team at 7-7, seven seven, they're uh, fighting back at the end, uh, and Ford Flyers running out the bottom there, excuse me, with a 6-8 record. Uh, and then the Winchester Division, yeah, Pat uh, avoided the ultimate uh, farce, which would have been a division-winning team that had a losing record. Uh, matching the 7-7 record uh, to, at 500 to get to the playoffs there. Tom Sorens, uh and you are gold up for on 10, and then uh, Grizz of War at the bottom with the 3 and 11. Uh, if we look at the final breakdown of the year, Grenang Gang topped this metric 109-45, to the only team to have over 100 wins uh, in the breakdown statistic. Exam came pretty close with 99-55, and 55. they leapfrogged. Bedetna is in the final week with their 11-0 week. Uh, Bedetna is a 95-59 there as well. And again, you have some pretty good teams there, like the Dream Team, a 92-62. Ben Assessi's, we've already mentioned, 89-65. Even Dave's team, who went 6-8, and eight, uh, he obviously abs got absolutely scored on this year, but still had an 86-68 record. Mike, obviously the uh, wildcard, traditional wildcard team at 84 is 70 there. And Pat at 1874 as well. So at least he had a winning record in terms of the breakdown uh, to, to go with his playoff berth as well. And then obviously the, the teams you would expect there uh, at the bottom side of the bracket too. The final version of the coach ranking, Ben Assessi's at the top uh, with 110 points left on the bench throughout the season. So that I think comes in at about an average between 8 and 9 uh, points left on the bench there through the season. Ixan, the dream team, not far behind. Uh, then you kind of have the middle ground, which all kind of left about 10 points a week there. Then you get to the bottom, uh, Gridiron Gang. So despite being the highest scoring team, uh, still left 161 points on the bench through the through the course of the season. So some meat on the bone. Same for Bedetna, who are obviously right behind my team, 146 points on the bench. But yeah, three uh, Winchester Division teams all in the bottom three of this metric. So they did have not a good record, most of them. They didn't have the best points forward, most of them. 
part of it was definitely self-inflicted, uh, certainly with Tom's 218 and even Pat's 198 left on the bench. Even Ross, for as bad as Ross's team has been all year long, and we know having the two quarterbacks kind of boosts or worsens your score in this because obviously they're more likely to have the deviation, but it uh, just goes to show that even Ross's team wasn't as bad necessarily as would have met the eye, but the coaching absolutely was. So <laughs> that's that. Now we get to the fun bits, Chris. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, oh, yeah. This is quite something. Okay, cool. So I, I'm just going to... I will go fairly slowly, So, but I will just reel them off. If you want to jump in and talk about any of them as I go along, please just do so, because yeah. uh, it's going to take me a minute to get through all this here. I'm just going to read this off, because I've already written it all down. So, um, so yeah, Ixan was the regular season winner. If we look uh, in the accolades, which you can access on the Facebook group, uh, they're on the, the shared Google Drive, uh, that is his second regular season championship of all time. Uh, why has this not synced? That is unbelievably frustrating. I've done all of this on my... I'm just going to check this. Why, why has this not updated? Hold on. I, I'm going to try and get this another way. Hold on, because it shows on minute. Why is this not... It was not last edited. Hold on. We're going back. One second here. We, this needs to be right, Chris. This is unbelievable. I can't... I agree. It's, it's too much effort has been put into this. Yeah, wrong, yeah. Right? Hold on. You know what? I'm just going to do like... A, I'm going to copy like the file and then put it back um, in my... Uh, Google Drive, there we go, make a copy. We need some lift music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, should I get John Burke out to, to cover? <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. There we go, copy of Coach Accolades. This should have the right uh, the right statistics on. Let's take a look. No, this still... That is... I don't understand this because it's literally on my iPad. It's up... And now it's cleared the updated version on my iPad. Well, that's just bloody brilliant, isn't it? So shocking. Yeah. What was? How? How does that? Wait. That's not right. Yeah, it's cleared the updated version on my iPad. Excellent. Good stuff. Way to way to run your Google Sheets there. Uh, uh, Google, you've uh, completely screwed the poach on that one. So I will update this as we go along. Then, but with the, with that being the case, because. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to Google. So, luckily, I wrote them all down, so I know what I'm doing. Uh, so, I was going to say this, this will be some section if we it's, it's, all the hype. Let's, yeah, let's not get to it. No, let's, right. So here we go. Uh, so Ixan as the regular was the regular season winner. That is the second time in their career. He is now tied second all time with most. Um, uh, sorry, so, yeah, second all time with most regular season championships in career uh, with Dave Stubbs behind uh, you, Chris, who have four. Uh, so that's the first one. Uh, Gridiron, Gridiron Gang uh, had the, obviously the highest scoring team this year, which was the, also the, the second of, of uh, their career with the first one uh, coming in uh, 2016. Uh, here is a stat for you. Where's it gone? Uh, so yeah, they are second all time, uh, tied with Ollie, uh, who also has two. There are three teams that have three in the active ones. Uh, uh, Dave Stubbs, uh, my dad, Tom, and... Uh, you, Chris, have all had three high-scoring teams throughout the years. Um, among active coaches, you know, if you've won the high-scoring team, or if you have been the high-scoring team, you've, you've done it multiple times. There are no one-time high-scoring teams anymore with me getting it the second time, so all of the active ones have done it multiple times. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, bucking the trend, as I said, was the traditional wildcard, but that is, was the most uh, points-forward wildcard there. Um, so Gridiron Gang's high-scoring team, we'll pivot over to the website for this one, is the lowest highest scoring team out of all of the highest scoring teams in a given season. And I will just show you that on the almanac here, uh, which is down here. You can see 1456, uh, which is, it's not by far and away the lowest either. It was actually fairly close uh, with the bottom four points. So 
Uh, my dad's team in 2020 had 1,463, so only seven points short of that. My team in 2016, 1,464, so only eight points short of that. And then ADLZ with 1,469 in 2017 as well. Um, so again, only about 13 points of that. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's harder to get more points now that we have one less position effectively. Um, and obviously being a 12-team league, certainly compared to the early days of the league as well. So being the, the, the lowest doesn't necessarily mean too much there. Uh, what else have I got? So uh, back to the accolades. Um, so Ben has now won his fourth uh, division championship of his career. Uh, did I have another stat attached to that? Let's see. Uh, that is tied most all time uh, with Nige, uh, my dad, Viv, and Chris. You, you all have four division wins to your name. Uh, Gridan Gang notched their first uh, division championship in 14 years, obviously being a family team. Uh, and if you've seen the title of the episode, uh, the commission's best birthday present, Chris, I know you didn't want to give me the win, um, but you, you know you gave me my first division win. So, uh, so sorry, <laughs> what better happy present? Birth- happy birthday! <laughs> Thank yes, you. Yeah, I, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> uh, what else have we got there? So yeah, that's my first. Pat, that is his third division uh, win of all time, and Pat's only been in the league since uh, 2015, I think it is as well. So again, well done, you, Pat. Uh, and then. Um, uh, what else have we got here? So, da, 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 da. Uh, Pat has uh, now tied the lowest record all time required to win a division, which uh, Dave Henderson also did in 2021. He won the division 7 7, got to the playoffs. That's happened two years in a row now, Chris, which never happened before, and we've had it happen two years in a row. So, there you go. That's it. Strange times. Yep. Uh, then we get to the playoff appearances. So, it is my fifth playoff appearance all time. It is also Oli Bidet's fifth playoff appearance all time. So, I'll just uh, update this on here as well as we go along since the Google Sheets failed me in doing that before. Uh, it is Pat's, I think, fourth trip to the playoffs to go with his uh, fourth uh division sorry uh, sorry yeah no it's his fourth with his three division championships also his fourth trip to the playoffs i think uh yeah tremendous effort there i have to say since i've been in the league for seven years or whatever exactly he's been there four times he's, a, he's had a good run of it pat absolutely but ben takes the cake here because now he is standalone all-time leader in playoff appearances uh, with seven, uh, and you can see here as well, he, he too has had a pretty good run of it of late, back to back years, got there in 2019 as well, just missed out in 2021, so that's three of the last four seasons, Ben has made the playoffs there, so uh, that's pretty good going as well, uh, and then we get on to, so that was all kind of the, you know, playoff permutation kind of statistics and the, the, the bits that went along with that, uh, then I thought we'd just run through each of the individual teams as well, and of course it's not updated the uh, schedule, uh, sorry, the uh, the records and stuff on here as well, I'll, I'll do all that a little bit later, but I'll just speak um, to what I'd written down for these guys, so we start off with Bear Necessities, so Bear Necessities went 9-5, 9-5 and five. Uh, nine and five represents uh, the third best record of uh, my dad's career. Uh, going through the years, which is a pretty long career, obviously. Um, but not only that, Chris, uh, nine and five. No team has ever gone nine and five and not made the playoffs. Oh, see, you can make as many rules up to make sure he gets there, but you just can't beat that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's it. Any other division. Any, oh, I can yeah, say. any other division would have won it. Um, yeah, quite unbelievable that uh, eight and six. 
Um, it, teams have gotten to the playoffs before, obviously, but uh, obviously 10 wins and up is pretty much a guaranteed the playoffs. So, yeah, no team has ever gone 9-5 and five and not made the playoffs. And like you say, we even have one extra playoff spot than we used to. Still doesn't cut the mustard. Um, and so when my dad uh, said uh, cheated once again in the group chat, to a certain degree, he was not joking. <laughs> That's it. I mean, all I can say is that's what that's what fate does to you, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah, and as as we said, my dad's team started out pretty hot, but then obviously cooled off. Still good, uh, comparatively to some of the teams in the league down oh, the yeah. stretch. But um, yeah, the, that that's really what killed them. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's kind of you know not lighting it up, and then a couple of the other players not doing quite as well as well. So that that is kind of what cost them down the stretch. There, we'll come back to the playoff teams' uh, records and things once they kind of exit the playoffs. Uh, we'll just kind of leave this as the last uh, kind of uh, note on, on the uh, non-playoff teams. Uh, so we go to you next, Chris. Obviously, you went 6-8 and eight this year, Chris. Um, you had the lowest scoring season in your career, even lower than your 2-12 and 12 team in 2014. So I wow. will just pivot back to the... Uh, <laughs> just to jot in the <laughs> points so you can see that demonstrated. <laughs> really? Yeah, so wow. you scored 1155 0.02 so i'll just punch that in so you yeah. can see that there yeah you scored uh 1195.8 when you went 2 and 12 in 2014 i remember this year that, that 2 and 12 year because i remember i got scored on a lot and yeah it wasn't a necessarily a very good team obviously but that's it it got scored on a lot and i think that that might have been the difference between this year and that is that this year i got away yeah. with some pretty lucky wins not gonna lie also also 2014 uh we would have still been a 10 team league at that point as well as that yeah. we still would have had an extra position so um adjusted for those things um that team would have obviously scored lower in in today's loc so um, 1155 isn't as bad in comparison so we'll see to some other teams in a bit uh the dream team is the next one i've got on the list here so uh the dream team uh they went seven and seven this year at uh, the third time in the last four years the dream team uh has gone seven and seven so if you're a betting man uh take your money <laughs> to the bookies and say dream team will be seven and seven in 2023 right here because <laughs> That's a solid team. Always a solid team from Viv. So yeah. Glad, so, glad he got his win. Yeah, since, since uh, hasn't had a losing record since 2017. And even then, uh, you know, but beyond that, has only had one losing record since 2014. Um, if, yeah, even in his career, only three losing records as well. So, uh, yeah, it has been a very good run. Uh, underratedly good run, but only obviously one Corona Bowl to show for it over that time period as well. Uh, so we've got the next one here. What have I got next? Napolitans, they went 6-8. and eight. Obviously, they're still fairly new to uh, the LOC. Not necessarily fantasy football there. Um, but uh, went 7-7 seven, seven the first year, 6-8. and eight, So they're, they're, they're kind of sitting in the middle so far as well. Uh, Tom's Tyrants. So Tom's Tyrants, they went 4-12. and 12, uh, Obviously, another founding team. That is the worst record of Tom's career in a season. Uh, and he also had his lowest scoring team of his career as well. He only scored 1,099.82, which is obviously less than your team Chris as I said your score is definitely in no way uh, bad in today's LOC but yeah the, the lowest score of Tom's career you can see the next closest he had here I think it looks like it's in the 1200 range it's probably his score last year actually 1266 so 
Um, yeah, not a great year for uh, Tom, uh, as was the case for much of the uh, Winchester division, because we go on to UR Gold. Uh, they also went 4-10 this year, obviously after going 3-11 last year. Um, so they've had a pretty bad run of it of late. And then in terms of scoring, uh, he also had uh, the lowest scoring team of his career. Uh, I will just drop the points in there. So that's 1,061.38 uh, for UR Gold this season. That is the second lowest seasonal score of all time in the LOC. Um, five points more than Mike's 2019 season where he scored at 1,056 and went 7-7. Seven and seven. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty crazy, right? So yeah, very low scoring there. Uh, did I have another tidbit to add on to that? No, that was all of the tidbits. Uh, then we go on to Ross's team. So obviously he went 3-11 and 11 this year. That was his worst record of his career there as well uh and that is tied second worst record in loc uh history uh the only one f uh, dropping below is the aforementioned two and 12 um season that you had chris uh and his points also was the worst of his career he scored 1142 this year uh, so again not even the worst in his division but uh, the worst of his career uh, uh so yeah that that was all the individual team stats that i picked up i have a few more for you uh, so let's see what. So I'm quite confident the Winchester division combined for the lowest seasonal record and lowest total points of a division in LOC history. Um, so just to walk that through, what that means in case you're confused, if you added that the, the division's entire you know win loss record together, I'm pretty sure they would have had the lowest amount of wins out of any division we've ever seen in the LOC. Likewise, if if you added all of their points together, it would be the combined lowest scoring ever division we've seen. Now again. We used to have five team divisions, used to be a 10 team league, used to have an extra position, but certainly compared to recent years, it's still bad in comparison to those. Uh, it's also quite possible that Southampton division has had the best combined record since moving to a 12 team league, uh, and likely also the highest combined score since moving to the Superflex format also. All of these teams went at or above 1300 points. Uh, and all but Dave had a winning record, and even then he was only 6-8, and eight, um, so not often the, the wins kind of get spread in the divisions as they have done this year. That is all the stats that I picked off, Chris. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a hefty amount of stats. I like it. Love the, st love the stats section. That's it. Packing the box towards the end of the season, because, you know, let's be honest, we haven't got really we've got many games to talk about this week no, in terms of... exactly. Uh, uh, in terms of previews, so we may as well review the stats. And look, I think that uh, I think that Google Drive is an absolute, you know, godsend in terms of what you want to see for for this league. There's so much stuff. Yeah, and I will um, make sure that it's updated and actually sync this time. No idea what happened uh, with that, but um, <laughs> it's so good. If you if, if you I, I I like I don't like co compiling stats, but I like reading stats because stats do teach, do tell you a lot about yeah. um, you know trends and what's going on in the league but yeah that is that is special so congratulations i like i love that section <laughs> good i'm clap and then we may as well just tie it off with looking at the uh you know regular season wins records and things all time so yeah um because obviously there will be no more regular wins this year so my dad leads up the category in terms of most regular season wins ever at 107 um i don't think oh you know what i forgot to jot down the normal milestones that's that i go through here so i think pat he won last week, so he got to his 50th uh, career and regular season win. So congratulations to you there, Pat. Uh, I don't think there was any other in terms of regular season, and I don't think there was any in terms of 
uh, all time either. So no other like neat round numbers, but um, yeah, you can go and obviously view your, your your record and everyone else's record all time in the in the playoffs, regular season, whatever. That's all in here. Even for the inactive teams, we have that on here as well. So <laughs> it's all in there. Uh, but yeah, that that does end the bumper uh, the bumper milestone standing and stats section. Uh, we will come back to the bait corner. Actually, should we come back to the bait corner? No, let's do it before we do the preview because uh, we kind of want it to be independent of that, I think, and then we'll get into that. So uh, I will will join out of the closet he's uh he, he's recovering from the hangover of the christmas party that he was allowed to put on his expenses this year john can you uh usher us into the order Thank you, John. He's just ordered an espresso martini if you didn't get what he was going for there. Um, so for Debate Corner this week, um, we obviously saw really both of the uh, wildcard teams here um, stumble into the playoffs uh, with obviously subpar weeks. Uh, but they were both at at least at one stage, you could argue they were the hottest, if not the hottest uh, team in the LOC in terms of form. The debate corner for this week, Chris. Uh, can we see one of the wildcard bowl teams winning Corona Bowl 14? It is tough for a wildcard team nowadays because gone are the days where it's obviously a semi-final straight to the final. If you're a wildcard team, you now have to win one whole extra game than everyone else. You have to win three to do the whole job. Uh, so do we think one of these teams could win all three and take it home, Chris? Uh, I think that uh, I think it's entirely conceivable that could be the case, and we've seen both uh, Ollie's team and uh, and Mike's team go uh, go big this season. But here's why I don't think it will, because you're going to always going to encounter the, either either the the form team that's this streaky form is Pat is going to encounter your team, who let's be honest has been very solid throughout the course of the year, high scoring mm-hmm. team, of course. As the Orient encounters Ben's high floor, and it it doesn't matter if you're in the playoffs or not. You know you can't necessarily beat uh, one of those very very powerful things. I think though that 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 Mike and Ollie have got players on that team that could do all right, but I think that Mike has an element of boom and bust about him <laughs> that he just can't shake. Uh, whilst Ollie's, whether he likes it or not, is still playing. Guys like, and I'm not going to. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it too much because otherwise it will take away from my my analysis later. But you know, he's he's played a couple of running backs uh, and and a receiver in his team from this week that are in offenses that, that well, certainly the one running back and one uh, one receiver that he's played are in offenses that are stuttering mm-hmm. uh, that you can't necessarily rely on, and he's relying on, on the legs of Justin Fields alone. Uh, to uh, to get him across the line, so I think that yeah, I think that it's it's obviously conceivable because they've gone for such high points, particularly Ollie this season. Um, but I do think there are better teams left outside of those two. Yeah, and like you say, it's um, obviously one of them is going to knock each other out here, so that effectively just leaves one that would have to win two games on the trot. Um, and they, I, whoever wins uh, with the way the seeding works, uh, will go on to face Ixan. 
uh, as the number one seed there. Um, and then obviously, um, if they were to beat Ixan, would then face either my, my team or Pat's team in, in the coronavirus. So um, it's it's hard to read. It was last week just a blip for these teams, or you know, is it more of a sign of what things that have been coming? I kind of showed with Ollie's team that might be the case where he's just not had the same kind of ceiling over the last month of the season that he'd previously shown before that. Um, as you as you kind of said as well, it's entirely possible. It's going to be a tough road though. Um, both these teams aren't riding the white horse into the, you know into the playoffs and then looking to you know canter through it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. And we will obviously go on now to preview the wildcard bowl. Uh, the only game we have for you this week, uh, as the other playoff matchups will be next week. Uh, so here we go. First week of the playoffs, the quarterfinals, the wildcard bowl, whatever you want to call it. But Adnaders uh, will face bucking the trend here uh, to see who has the right to go on and face the regular season uh, winning team, the Exan, in the semi-finals. Uh, both of them uh, have had winning records, of course, so Mike Bucking the Trend, 10-4 is the traditional wildcard, the official home team, let's say. Uh, meanwhile, Badene is also sporting a winning record, but having the second most points scored in the league. They are also projected to win it on the back of said points, 95 uh, to 90, so let's see what's going on here. For the demos, Justin Fields come back into the lineup of the bye, sending Gina Smith to the bench. Uh, Chris Olave also comes into the lineup uh, from bye, as does Isaiah Pacheco come in, dropping all of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Travis Etienne uh, to the bench, and is that it? Yeah, that's the only two. Uh, so the demo is, is fielding the 30 personnel this week through, running backs to wide receivers, the wishbone formation. On the other side of the board, for backing the trend. Uh, they have brought Christian Watson into the lineup, who was on by last week as well, sending DeAndre Swift back to the bench. Uh, so they are going with the 20 personnel this week, two running backs and three wide receivers. The history of this matchup between these two all time, uh, but Edinators is two and three against bucking the trend. Chris, one simple question, which one of these teams will be going on to face Ixan in the semifinals? Uh, that'll be Bedestinators, Nate. Um... <sighs> There's a very famous clip, a Monday Night Football clip, many years ago of Don Meredith singing, turn the lights out, the party's <laughs> over. And I hate to say it for Mike this week, the party is well and truly over. And here's why. His engine room is such, I suppose, we call three running backs engine room, but I'm going to give two engine, uh, Barkley, Jacobs and St. Brown the credit for it here they're all in phenomenally tough matchups um you know vegas are playing the home against new england good against the run giants play away at washington good against the run some brown with even more weapons in that uh, lions offense now playing the jets away mm -hmm. good against good great against receivers jared goff sucks um, away from home as well that's an, again and, it's been an undercurrent of the season so far for them jared goff sucks outdoors um <laughs> Jarikov sucks when he's not playing in Detroit. Yep. I think Keenan Allen's going to have a nice day. Um, I think Christian Watson's ascending in that offense. Um, and the Steelers always got a chance when you're playing whichever quarterback that Carolina wheel out, whether it be Donald or whatever. But they are resurgent this week as well. But here's why I think that they will. And this is this is not this is not a knock. 
I guess. Where every quarterback they play, whether it be touring what's due to be terrible weather in Buffalo this weekend, or it be Trevor Lawrence who's on the bench who's banged up playing playing Dallas at home. Mm-hmm. Whether it be weather or just through uh, sheer unluckiness of um, of matchup, it's very going to be very very difficult. You can't rely on Swift on the bench. Jeff Wilson's banged up, and he has two defenses that he's carrying. For Ollie, you know, I, I like Lamb against Jacksonville. I like Alave against Atlanta, even though that offense is trash. Henry against the, the Chargers should be good. They get run over a lot. It's likewise with the likewise with Foreman against Pittsburgh and Pacheco against against the Texans. I think if you want to see running back friendly uh, matchups, you only have to see those three. Plus, the Cowboys play, potentially playing the QB of the starting QB. That is, if if the weather's as bad as they say it is in Buffalo, on the other side, uh, with Trevor Lawrence not as mobile, a little bit banged up with his toe as as, as we expect, he could still yet bring in Travis Etienne as well for one of those three three running backs. Why would you when you've mm. got three very very good matchups there? So, Justin Fields is the only one that's got a bit of question mark about him. But again, with the fact that he can run, gives you such a foundation and such a um, you know, such a flaw with a QB, and he's been in tremendous form since the uh, the midpoint of the season. So you you know you can't drop him. And similarly, he's really has dodged a bullet not playing Geno this week as well mm-hmm. with only those sixteen points. So yeah, I think Ollie's gonna gonna, gonna run literally run all over Mike this week. As unfortunate as that is, Mike's had a good run to the uh, the playoffs. Was the form team a couple of weeks ago? I think with the matchups there. And the offense that they're on, it's very, very difficult. You look there, say, uh, Lions, Giants, Raiders, Green Bay, all not great uh, offenses going to this point in the season. So, yeah, I think that Badenez goes and plays a, a real, uh, uh, gets through this game, goes and plays Ben, um, yeah, for a real fireworks game in, uh, in, in the second week of the playoffs, uh, and leaving Mike stranded once more this round. Yeah, well, I think uh, I, I think uh, I, did, I must have skimmed over it in the uh, playoff section. I think this might be Mike's first appearance into the playoffs. Let me go back here and just double check that. Uh, yeah, it's it's Mike's first appearance in the playoffs. So um, it's obviously he's come come close in previous years, but it's just not been quite there. Um, but does come this year. But like you said, I, I tend to think it, it looks like it's going to be fairly short lived. The one thing I will say in this, it could be another repeat of what we saw last week just between where some of these players are and the matchups they have it could be another scrappy low scoring one because while, while I agree with pretty much all of your points on bucking the trend as well I, I you know Badenez is in no way shape or form uh, leaps and bounds above of Mike's team one other thing going back to Mike, Mike's team uh, to a kind of jested about oh, the snow in Alabama as well guys well not like the snow he's going to see in Buffalo this week potentially and the frigidity of the weather there as well um, but obviously you know he didn't do too well in that dome in uh, LA last week either did he so um, that's obviously a big worry and like you say uh, Trevor Lawrence I don't know if the Dallas matchups necessarily as scary as it was earlier in the season they've had a bit more of a banged up secondary of late um, but but like you say, it, you know he's kind of feast or famine. He's QB six for a reason. If he hits, he will hit. But um, he he could disappoint you there as well. 
And then, like you say, just some guys that are kind of contending with other pieces in the offense, not necessarily all on the best of offenses. Um, he'll be hitching his wagon to Josh Jacobs. James Conner had a decent day against the Patriots last week. There's no reason Josh Jacobs shouldn't either. But then, like you say, just the other skill positions he's got there, nothing entirely com you're confident with. And then, it, as you say, he doesn't have anything to turn to the bench there as well. Of the three defenses he has, there is still a defense out there that I would be playing over all of these um, that I believe is, is still a free agent um, because I don't don't know what Mike's seen in the Steelers that lends him to believe that they're a particularly good defense because even with TJ Watt coming back, he, I don't think he's 100%, and you can clearly see that. And Carolina aren't as bad or not, but they just beat the Seahawks, for Christ's sake. So um, I, yeah. I don't get it personally. Um, I'd at least be playing the Commanders uh, over them against the Giants. But as I said, there is one more other that I'd rather have than either of those. Um, we go on to the other side of the board. As you say, Justin Fields, it's on paper a brutal matchup for Philly, but if Daniel Jones can get 20 points against the, the Eagles, then as you say, with his legs, he should be able to do at least the same. Um, he's got some solid players in C.D. Lamb, who should have, obviously have a better day. Like you say, Derek Henry against that soft charges run D. Uh, and then some guys that should at least get some volume in Dante Foreman and Chris Olave. The Foreman's obviously seeing a bit more of a committee than he was uh, when he was kind of lighting it up after uh, McCaffrey got traded. So that's obviously a worry there as well. And like you said, with Pacheco on paper, it's a great matchup. If, if the Chiefs are going to run in any game, it's going to be this one. Um, but, but yeah, again, you know, what we get into the end zone, the touchdowns are so sporadically spread around all of that team. And then the Cowboys D again against Jacksonville. You know, if the Cowboys D is taking it, we, we saw that they didn't post a great score against the Houston, uh, the Texans last week. So I, I agree. If you told me to pick a winner in this game, I'm going with Bedenators as well. But, but it's, yeah, it could profile to be a scrappy wildcard bowl and obviously depending what kind of matchups these guys have next week whoever wins as you say probably faces a pretty stiff test in exam next week as well um but who knows uh mike we, we obviously were horrendous on the pickums last week so maybe all of what we just said is completely redundant um but yeah that, that's the wildcard bowl that's it now what the previews for this week because uh, obviously we'll have the semi-finals for you next time around as well as recapping this one uh we'll also uh introduce the uh nominees for our respective awards i will chat with the committee during this week and we'll see who uh, we, we want to put up for each of the respective awards there. Uh, other than that, you're welcome to watch the, the games at mine on Sunday if you just fancy watching the uh, wildcard bowl or in any of the other NFL action there. Uh, other than that, all that's left to say is thank you for joining us once again, Chris. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. One of the last listeners, because it's not going to be... Well, we're not going to have many episodes, period, for much longer, but even less so with Chris. Uh, joining us uh yeah th thank you for watching hope you have a, a good weekend uh best of luck in your playoff matchups and i don't even have to say unless you're playing me of course because i've got a bye week uh, this week so later suckers <laughs> <laughs>